Hello there, nerds, and welcome to Go To There, a weekly chronological journey through 30 Rock, linking the jokes, the references, the highs, the lows, and all of the blurgs that come with one of the best shows of the 21st century. As always, I'm your host, Curtis Stone, and joining me is... David Amick. And welcome to episode 29, season 2, episode 8, Secrets and Lies. David, if you would, please give us a quick synopsis slash summary of this episode. Celeste Cunningham wants to go public in her relationship with Jack. Uh, uh, crap. Oh, um... (laughs) (laughs) Must have been really good. Yeah, um... Jenna gets jealous that Tracy can do whatever he wants and get all the attention, so she starts throwing her own fits to to get her to get special treatment. And uh, Tufer and Frank have a really boring feud. Yes. Oh, and last in 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 the uh, pantheon of non-actor celebrities playing themselves, James Carville guest stars and does actually a pretty funny job. He does an okay job, but man, does he run that Cajun style into the ground like almost immediately? Yeah. Um, which I hope that you will have information about James Carville, because I do not. Cajun style. <laughs> no, uh, I think the last couple of episodes um, were just kind of rough. Like, I think we walked away with both of it just like, eh. Like, yeah, those exist. But I think this one puts us back on track of, of what 30 Rock really can be when it's a, when it's a comedy show. I disagree oh i actually think this is weaker than the last two because okay the storylines aren't great and also there's not as many at least there were some good one-liners and jokes like not that there were no good jokes in this episode but i thought there were even fewer than the past couple so i think i like this episode more knowing what we have in store with jenna and tracy just sort of continuing these roles going forward even though it seems like everything wraps up here as far as like Jenna's storyline, it's like, oh, I I still get, you know, I'll let Liz baby me because I still, it's, a, it's an affection, it's an attention idea, and that's all I really want in the first place. Where Tracy gets his, but he still ultimately has to like, I don't know, I feel like going, knowing where those characters are going, I like more of that. And I do like that we're continuing the Jack and the CC line uh, storyline. But yeah, the trace or uh, the uh, the Tufer and Frank storyline mostly pointless. It's nice to see the writers again and to see them get some like uh, screen time and, and have some sort of character. But I like it better when they're teamed up rather than adversaries. Yeah, I think I, they work better uh, as a team than rivals. If that yeah. makes sense. I kind of wonder, it's interesting as it gets toward the end of the episode, everyone else calls it a boring feud too, and I kind of wonder if like they wrote it and like <laughs> as they were developing the story, they were like because it was funny, because around the same time I was like, what is the point of the storyline? It's so boring. And like all the other characters, so I, I wonder if like the writers just went with it and were like, well, we're just gonna keep going with it and also have the other characters call it out for being pointless. Yeah, well I guess I mean like I don't think it was ever, Frank was necessarily doing, I mean I, Frank, I think Frank just was wearing a har- I mean we'll get into it in the episode uh, but I think Frank just wearing the Harvard sweater wasn't meant as an attack but once he saw how Tufa reacted then he escalated it yeah. so he probably just immediately got in over his head because he's like where do I go from here like I don't have anything else going on um, so yeah it's not great um, there's some moments in it that I probably laughed at the first time but uh, on recurring viewings I'm just like eh could have done without this and we could have split that time more because i really wanted to see more about uh, jenna's entourage i wish yeah, that, that was definitely the funniest i wish that bit. entourage came back i don't think we ever see them again um but 
obviously Patrice was the template for what Titus and Deflon would become for 30 Rock and Kimmy Schmidt, uh, respectively. I got that as backwards. Deflon is the 30 Rock character that Titus uh, Burgess plays, and uh, Titus is the Titus of Unbreakable Kimmy of Schmidt. Of Titus. Of Titus. Um, On that note, let's jump in. Let's jump in. All right, we get a good cold open that basically sets up Jack and Cece's the, the, the A storyline of, of their relationship and them still hiding it from everyone. Oh, are you sure this is a good idea? What if someone sees us? Don't worry, it's too early for the creative types. And I sent my assistant to a non-existent Italian bakery out in Queens. This is the address he gave me. He never makes mistakes. I can't go back there without Sfogliatelle. I can't keep sneaking around, Jack. It's too dangerous. I'm trying to get the United States government to sue your parent company. Take off your pants, suit. Right back at you. Oh, workplace! Uh, oh, Lemon, you're here early. Well, I gave up caffeine, so I've been going to bed at 5.30. But I will leave now. Oh, don't be silly. Uh, Liz Lemon, uh, I'd like you to meet a business associate of mine. Uh, Lakeisha uh, Gutierrez uh, uh, Arafat. Hi. Hi. I like your necklace. Oh, thanks. It's actually a rape whistle, but the whistle part fell off, and I just liked how it looked, so I kept it. I will uh, leave you to it. It being business. Of course. I call the movie Risky Business, Risky It, because it means business. Lemon out. So it's kind of funny that Amy comes out with his Lakeisha Gutierrez Arafat, because it's like, what are the most, I don't know, like, non-white names I can think of, because, I don't know, she's a, I don't know if it's because she's a Democrat, or, but it's just like, it's... Uh, yeah, I don't. I'm not sure how to read that joke because it's just like really like not a single yeah not not a single white person name in that entire thing. Just I don't know. Maybe when he gets flustered, he just thinks of anyone but white people. It's like, well, she's a she's a liberal hippy dippy. So w- what are some names of I don't I mean I don't know. Like, it sound Democrat or sound yeah. You know, I mean, it's a funny joke, but it's just kind of like I'm not sure what his headspace is when trying to think yeah. about that. But we also get to see like the Liz Lemon being like squeamish about um, p- uh, PDA and, and all of that stuff. Yes. Also, I feel like Liz Lemon losing the whistle part of her rape whistle and soul writing the necklace is very on brand for oh, her. Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah. It until she explains what it is, it just looks like a pretty, like not pretty and like beautiful, just like a pretty standard necklace thing. It doesn't really stand out too much, which. She probably doesn't get asked a lot about it anyway, so I don't know. Yeah, but for her to make it even more awkward by then explaining it that it's a rape whistle and it's falling apart, but I kept it. Um, we're going to well, well, all right. So this will be the only Frank and Twofer thing that we play, just because yeah, we didn't really care so much for the storyline. But I think this is the funniest that it gets. Probably, yeah. Maybe uh, it's not great. <laughs> hey, take that off. You didn't go to Harvard. I went to Harvard. I did stand up there this weekend. Very funny. You were not graduated from that institution. Well, I got a squeezer from an Indian girl on a bunk bed, so I think I got the full Harvard experience. That does sound pretty accurate. Mm. Speaking of Harvard, have you been following or have you heard about the latest celebrities at Harvard trend? So, James Franco and what's well, name? he was an actual student. So yeah, what's uh, what's her Natalie Portman? Also. Natalie Portman, but I th- was she Harvard? I thought she was Columbia. 
Semi, well, she was she was, she was some Ivy League school. Yeah. But in any case, but this is like literally a trend of the past several months. Of Harvard has started offering a lot of like certificates and like short courses. So there's been a trend of like celebrities literally taking like a three day mm-hmm. or a weekend class at Harvard and like posting on their Instagrams about how they're going to Harvard and it's just for. I mean, it's not a lie in that they are going to Harvard to take a course, but it's like literally a kind of a seminar. One day, two day thing, and it's just been a lot of a lot of celebrities have been wow. l- low level, not like major celebrities, but like the uh, who's of no, celebritydom. I mean, does that really mean anything? Like, it's not. I mean, is it the same as like when like people like do speeches at colleges uh, for graduations and they're presented with oh honorary honorary? Is that comp- Is that like complimentary or like I don't, a? a, a the word I'm looking comparable? for comparable yes thank you well no because they're going to give a speech and this is like someone who's no I didn't mean like the honorary degree is that comparable to this three day no because an honorary degree is usually you're just like a famous or famous person we're giving you an honorary thing like this is like literally I mean it's, it's like taking any course you would go to for a day and get like a certificate of completion it's basically a certificate of completion hmm. but it's just funny because it, it's been I, I, I don't know, to me, it's kind of uh, diluting the uh, Harvard brand, but, you know, what, I mean, I'm sure the, the increased exposure, whatever they're getting for it, they're, they're happy yeah. with it, then that's yeah. whatever, but it's just interesting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think in 50 years, the idea of colleges will be even more degraded, or, or the idea that, like, college is a must, or, like, a, a, a big thing that is is teach to kids that once you're done with high school you must go to a college or you must like attend a really highly high really? like i think so I mean, just because like well I, I the reason is because i think like a lot of jobs don't necessarily require you actually have a college degree they more or less want to know like are you capable of doing this job because like some jobs say like you have to have four years experience into something and well when are you supposed to get that experience when you're in college because you can't get that experience in college so you then have to get out of college and then get the four years experience and then apply for this job and it's like well i think it's more like the college application shows that yes you are capable of uh, being educated and then you are uh, you you went to a potentially big university or college or whatever but I don't think that they're as highly regarded as they once were like maybe for our parents I don't know. Well, I guess it's true that like maybe grad school and postgraduate degrees are more what college used to be years ago when people weren't going. But I mean, look at how many jobs that don't really need a college degree require a bachelor's degree or some sort of an associate's degree that you don't necessarily need that degree to do that job, but they still list as a requirement. So uh, yeah, it's still listed as a requirement, and it probably would come down like if it were between two candidates and everything's equal except one didn't have a bachelor's and one did have a bachelor's. That's probably where that would probably come in more handy, I think. But even still, like if you've already gotten that far into the application process or the hiring process, and the one thing that's preventing you is the fact you did or did not get a bachelor or an associate's, like that then it, then to me it just looks like well a college degree is poignant is powerful to uh, a seemingly smaller uh, effect than than it then it was I remember it being pushed on me as a kid of you know you go to high school then you go to school you go to you go to college you get a degree and then you get a job and it's just like I 
that I think that message is, is going to change in the next few years. Well, I guess we'll have I'm, to see I'm, what jobs I'm the curious, robots put people out of. Yeah, I'm curious like, what, like what Gen Z, those parents, will be telling their kids down the line. Like, well, yeah, but they don't have universal basic income, so... <laughs> who knows that's far I mean, who knows what the world will yeah. be like in 50 years yeah. who knows but, but I, mean, I mean like looking at the the whole idea of like and, and the idea of this actually happening is still far-fetched but like elizabeth warren wants to erase student debt and uh i think bernie sanders or elizabeth warren both like want free college education or free college tuition and on paper those all sound really good but the actual implementation seems it will take a lot of time for that to actually become a reality. And even if it does become a reality, there's still going to be like all these ifs and whats and maybes and buts and stuff that how you qualify or don't qualify or whatever. So I will be skeptical until it actually is in fact passed. Just because, I mean, I'm still hung up that I was promised flying cars when I was a kid. I've seen no flying cars flying around or hoverboards, and those stupid ass motorized skateboards do not count as a hoverboard. Anyway, I would just like a self driving car, please. Those, well, those exist, they're just not exactly not on the inexpensive. Well, yeah, I mean, you can buy a Tesla, it's just not. Teslas are not self driving, at least on the ones you can buy. Yes, they are. They are, yeah, they have the options to be self driving cars. No. Yes, they are. Tesla's, they are developing them. They're lit- Tesla's. No. I literally was listening to a podcast today from 2016 where they said, "Yeah, we were in Austin with our friends, and we were in their car, and they were showing us these self-driving." Features. Yes, Tesla is developing self-driving cars. There are no people who have bought self-driving cars and are driving them around right now in the world. Yes, there are. They're, they're testing. They're in testing. There's. They're. They've been doing extensive tests. No one. You can go buy a Tesla right now that has self-driving features. Yes, right, can. self-driving features, but it's not a literal self-driving car, right? What I mean is literally a car you get and you punch in your destination, you sit in the back seat, and it drives you to where you're going, that and one, no one touches I the mean, wheel. That's like decades. That's what I'm talking about when I say when I, that, well, that's what I say when I say a self-driving car. I don't mean a car that has a couple of features that are technologically advanced. I mean an actual self-driving Someone car. Needs to clarify what they mean when they I say mean, things. It seems pretty obvious. No, to me. because those cars are out right now. You can get a Tesla that can self-drive. You still have to be behind the driver's seat, but it can drive to, like, you punch in a destination and it goes. Those are existing right now. No. Yes. Oh, my God. Anyway, we <laughs> this is not worth the headache. When we come back to the 30 Rock stage, and Jenna has good news for the 30 Rock and TGS team. We won an award. You did? Well, I did. Do you remember when I filmed that movie version of the Mystic Pizza musical? Do I? I don't. Well, the NY City Critics Association just sent me this. Best actress in a movie based on a musical based on a movie. Hey, that's great. Okay, enough! How long are we going to talk about the stupid award? We have more important things to worry about. Like, where are the french fries I did not ask for? You guys need to anticipate me! Okay, forget it. I can't rehearse today. It'll be one of those weeks. Oh no, I talked to him last time when he wanted to change his name to Wise Greasy Bastard. Oh, monsters. Why did I create you? I love a good old Dirty Bastard reference. R.I.P. I think by the time this aired, he was already dead. Um, but I do love that line of, oh, monsters, why did I create you? Because it's, it's clearly a very meta line of, of Tina Fey just feeling, jeez, 
I'm in over my head sometimes. Sorry. So what have you found out about self-driving cars on your internet search? So recently, Tesla has brought back the full self-driving package earlier this year after shelving the option in late 2018 amid criticism the company was overselling the autonomy of its vehicles. So basically, they were calling them self-driving when they actually weren't, like I said, and they're not self-driving because now they're looking at bringing back, quote, and and full self-driving seems to be in quotes everywhere. So the conclusion is... I was correct. There was no such thing as a fully self-driving car yet existing. The, clu- the conclusion is, is you're right with an asterisk, and I'm right with an asterisk, because I was correct, and then no. they're already on the road. Yes, 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 No, yes. they're not. I literally yes. said you that they're not. Someone in Texas owns one. At least one person. Teslas are on the road, and they are self-driving featured. Apparently, the versions, apparently the versions that were sold as that, but aren't actually, according to this article. Anyway. We'll concede that I was right with an asterisk, and you were right with an asterisk. End of story. Okay. I like that Jen is getting an award for the best movie adaptation of a, what was it, musical in a movie? Of a musical of a movie. Yeah. Yeah. And was seemingly oblivious to it. Like, she didn't even know she was nominated, but she just, an award shows up, which she should be smarter than that. Clearly, that's never going to happen, but... Um, Liz has to plead with Tracy to please just be a, a fair worker for her and the show and the co-workers that he's with. Okay, Tracy, what's wrong? It's not fair, Liz Lemon. Everybody wins awards but me. Even Shaquille O'Neal got a Kids' Choice Award for the animated movie we did. Boy, I hope we rescued the Starfish King on this adventure. It'll be a slam dunk. Would you call what we did last night sex? I spent two days making that movie for my home, and what did I get? A million dollars, a yellow Bentley, and nothing. I never win anything. Look at this coffee cup my kids got me for Father's Day. I'm a failure, Liz Lemon. Maybe I should just give up and try this crystal meth I've been hearing so much about. No, 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 you don't have to do that. You you won an award. Did I not tell you? Come on, Lemon. Yes, you are getting a lifetime achievement award from the... Pacific Rim Emmys. Pacific Rim? I love the Pacific Rim. I spent nine months in Japan shooting Samurai on Amarok. I fell in love with their culture, especially sharking. What's sharking? It's when you run up on a lady on the streets and pull a tube top down while your friend videotapes it. It's considered a crime here. Thanks a lot, Puritans. Right, so, are you ready to hit some rehearsal? Hell yeah! I do not want to disappoint our Japanese public. Especially Godzilla. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I know he doesn't care what humans do. I always love a good Godzilla reference. And I will always say, anytime there's a chance to talk about Godzilla, go watch Shin Godzilla. It is the best Godzilla movie in 30 years. It's fantastic. It's so good. It's. It might seem dull if you look at it on paper because it really is more like the bureaucratic side of dealing with a monster attack but it's so good and it's so well paced oh, it's terrific. I need to rewatch it again and you should watch it with me no thank you when did this movie come well, out? well no if it won Emmys and Oscars you would absolutely watch probably it probably not no. yeah huh if Nicole Kidman was in it you'd watch it I've watched probably less than 10% of her body of work so I, that seems unlikely okay. no it's uh 2016 it's a relatively new oh movie. this is a recent movie this is the well aside from the American it's the most recent uh, well, it's the most recent Japanese Godzilla, and uh, I'm hoping there's a sequel soon. If the director of that can finish Evangelion and then move on to the next Godzilla, I'd be really super happy. 
So from what I can tell, sharking, I think, is a real thing. I don't know if it's actually called sharking, though, but I feel like I remember around this time there were internet videos of people doing that to women. So it's not a good look, guys. Maybe don't do that. Just don't do that. Yes, it's very inappropriate. Yeah, it's not. Why would you? I don't know. I feel like I, well, I feel like kids are doing worse things now. Did you hear about that guy? That which one? That one guy. You know the guy, uh, Ben Shapiro. No, oh god, fuck that guy. Anyway, no, this dude uh, met up with this. She's some sort of YouTube star. I on that can mean anything. We're gonna put that in quotes too because YouTube star means anything. Uh, they met up to go to a concert in Queens and he presented himself or he presents himself online as like an incel beta male and he killed her and posted it all on Instagram like no I did not see that yeah it was uh, fucked up is what it, yeah it was not not a good look uh, for anybody so our lessons but, are don't run up to people and pull their pants down don't murder them don't kill people and if you if you do murder then don't put it all over Instagram I mean I think he wanted, you want to get I, caught very I, quickly because I think he wanted to die like I think he ended up trying to take his own life but because ah. he was posting it all online so by the time he was posting everything and people found him they I guess saved him I, I think the last I, I looked into it I think he was receiving surgery um, like a medical treatment and stuff so um, hopefully he rots in prison because that's not okay by any means. So, <sighs> yeah, the internet is fucked. Just be safe on the internet, kids. Uh, this is a fucked up episode. <laughs> We're not even talking about 30 Rock. So Jenna, still being a little bit snide, rubs it in her face that she can do anything and Liz doesn't have to baby her. Meanwhile, Jack has invited Liz to his apartment for a dinner party with Cece along with a few other friends. Good evening. May I take your coat? Oh, yes, thank you. I'm sorry, I'm late. The other guests have already arrived and are in the dining room. Oh, hi, Liz. Lemon. Is this everyone? Well, we had a longer invite list, but we thought for the sake of discretion... We had to eliminate anybody with any influence or connections or stature, so that pretty much left you. And then we added Kenneth, so you would have somebody to talk to. <clears throat> What's your favorite pizza topping? Mine's plain, but I like others. I have to say, you are the most beautiful woman in this room right now. So remember the episode or two ago where Jack had to call a friend the only person he had to call was Liz <laughs> well this empty apartment is not doing any more to, to his case that he has any friends besides Liz Lemon well they do say they have friends yes that's what they say that's true they could be all it could be all a ruse I mean Jack might be very embarrassed about his not having that's, any friends that's very true. but I also like that they have a coat check person yeah for this party of four people uh, but I also like that line delivery from Jack McBrayer <laughs> What's your favorite pizza topping? Mine's cheese, but I like others. I just... God, he's so white bread and basic. And then the line of, you're the most beautiful woman in this room, like right in front of Liz, and she just like looks around like, I'm hearing this. And, uh, it reminds me of our friend Deb. She does that stuff all the time. She's like, you're the cutest boy in the restaurant. And it's like, we're right here. And then she has to like quantify it a little bit more like you're the accused person at this table or the accused person that I'm dating and it's just like ugh 
Um, but we get ready. So Tracy wants to have his award presentation live for his Pacific Rim fans. So Tina Fey jumping through all of the hoops throws on a live via satellite. Well, a fake a fake well, live via satellite. Presentation. He thinks it's all real. Yes. Okay, let's fake this candle. Okay, Tracy, they are ready for your acceptance speech in three, two, one. Oh, people of Pacific Rim, how you feel? All right. I'd like to thank my wife, my two sons, Tracy Jr. and George Foreman, this Josh dude, <laughs> Liz Lemon, uh, bald-headed people setting up the satellite, and of course, a very special blonde lady. Shelly Long, you're truly an inspiration to me. I know that. <laughs> and finally, I'd like to thank you, Pacific Rimmers, for all that you've given us. A karaoke, karate, and most of all, Watazami Ataku, Shark Attack. Okay, so you got sharked. That's not great. I'm so humiliated. How could Tracy not thank me? What? I drag myself out of bed at four in the morning, go home, get dressed, come in here, and he doesn't even mention my name? Jenna, the whole thing is fake. Yeah, but he thought it was real. L listen, I'm sorry. Tonight was crazy, but I did hear the janitor saying that your boobs looked good. No, I don't want to hear it, Liz. Apparently, the only way to get respect around here is to act like Tracy. And that's exactly what I'm going to do. Now, please, get out of my dressing room so I can lock myself in it. That's a little line. Get up at four in the morning. Go home. Oh, get dressed. And then come here. Yeah, and it's such a, it's such an under radar joke. That, yeah. Like I've missed it the multiple times I've seen this, and then I, I was like, oh wait a minute, that's so great, that's so great. So from what I can tell, Tracy's Japanese is right. Um. So Wanazame does mean like ferocious shark. Um, but I think Same really means shark. So Wane, Wane would be like ferocious. So, um, yeah. So he's they, they did the research they needed to do, and they, they got the Japanese right. So that's good. Um, yeah, I, I love this, the whole reveal that Jen is mortified, but mortified for the seemingly wrong reasons that she just wasn't faint. Like, well, I mean, that's I mean, the last straw. Maybe she was in on the joke that, like, no one necessarily saw her boobs outside of the studio so like she right. wasn't so mortified by that because like yeah, maybe everyone there has already seen her boobs anyway so she's more just like eh. yeah. but no it's it's a fun reveal so cc comes to liz for some advice about what to do about jack because she's ready to go public even though he's not oh hi cc are you looking for jack no actually i was hoping to talk to you i hope you had fun last night i did boy you and jack make a hell of a celebrity team uh, this is that chick who... Venus Williams. Uh, remember that time you fell asleep? Captain Beefheart. It's like we share a brain. I'm sorry you got stuck with Kenneth. Okay, this is not a character from a television program. Okay, uh, this is not a character from the Bible. Uh, uh, pass. You can't pass, you hillbilly! No, I'm sorry. I don't normally slap people. Liz, I, I hate to put you on the spot, but you know that I can't talk to any of my friends about Jack. We can't keep sneaking around. This is getting ridiculous. I'm uh, the plumber. I'm here at the fix of the washing machine. Yeah, come right in, Mr. Spunatelli. If Jack and I are going to stay together, one of us has got to give something up. I just... I mean, is Jack worth it? What would you do? 
Oh, well, I don't think you want to take advice from me on this. I mean, I ate a Three Musketeers bar for breakfast this morning, and this bra is held together with tape, but... Oh, Liz, please. Oh, well, Jack is great, and he's crazy about you. But have you ever compromised for a man before? No. Me either. Oh, God, it was my birthday yesterday. Ah! <laughs> I'm going to talk to Jack. Yeah, I think you should. That was, that was a fun scene, like just showing more of like the quirky um, Liz moments that she's just so busy with her work, she forgets her birthday, and she's not health conscious, she's eating candy for breakfast, and her <laughs> she's literally taping her clothes together rather than maybe even just buy new bras, or I don't, I'm not sure. Amazon.com was definitely a thing in 2007. Yeah. I'm pretty sure you many many retailers' bras. websites were a thing. Yeah, maybe if loot boxes existed back then, she could have got a subscription service through Mac Weldon. They do bras. Do they do female clothes? They do female clothes, right? Uh, I don't know. But there are plenty of services for all articles of clothing for all people that exist. I don't. You know? I've never subscribed to a loot box or subscription box or whatever you want to call them, and I have really no intention to do so. But I do like this idea that you can buy stuff online it's not a new idea by any means but like you can just buy stuff that i don't know not not i mean obviously shopping for underpants isn't embarrassing but like i don't know there's just this anonymity you just buy it all online you don't have to buy it in stores i like it it's nice congratulations you discovered internet shopping. i know i'm so good i got so much to catch up on Who have you heard about this netflix thing they ship um, discs what? to your house <gasps> i'm surprised that service still exists but Thinking like those like uh, uh, like states or, or smaller cities that just probably don't have good enough internet. So yeah, remember still... when Netflix tried to spin off in its uh, its DVD oh, thing right. into a, a business called Quickster? Yep. and then it didn't. And then it was like, year. oh, it didn't last at all because it was like yeah. there was the backlash, and then like after a little bit, they were like, just kidding, we're not doing that after yeah. all. Yeah. <laughs> well, at least they were. At least they didn't completely get rid of the DVD service. Like, they could have just wrote it off and been like, nah. Yeah. And I can see it especially for, because obviously there's a lot of movies that you can rent the DVD for that aren't on Netflix but probably aren't on any streaming service. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, they're the window for when movies have been released on DVD, but they're not on streaming. They're not streaming for free. Like, you can probably, you can pay to rent them online, but you can't, you know, um, stream them. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm sure if you're a really big movie buff and you kind of want to see everything as soon as possible, it, having a Netflix streaming plus a Netflix DVD service is probably a really good combination. Yeah. I, I just, I, I don't see, I don't personally need something like that, but uh, it's nice that the option's there. Yeah, I can't remember what, there was an article I read, it must have been a year or so ago, I or something like that, and they were there's like they still make millions and millions of dollars off the DVD portion. So yeah. plenty of people out there are doing it. Yeah, I mean, now I'm, I'm just thinking like U.S. but worldwide, they probably also still do a, a good yeah. business model with that too. Yeah, I mean, it's still relatively expensive. It's I think standalone basic Netflix is eight dollars, and then there's the second tier, which is twelve, I think, or it's bumped up to thirteen. And then the super premium tier is, you know, uh, 4K and, and UHD or whatever. And then you can do a bundle of doing the streaming plus the still do the DVD service. And it's still, I think, like 20, 25, which is, I mean, mm. 25 a month could add up really quickly. But again, if you're like a movie file and you just want to watch a whole bunch of movies, 
it probably is worth it, especially what's the what's the not movie pass, but is movie movie pass still exists, right? But so technically, but um, a couple weeks ago they announced that they were shutting down for a period of time for like mm-hmm. techno tech maintenance technological. I can't remember exactly what it was, but we're gonna retool this shit. <laughs> I well, I mean, right. So either it's gonna be retooled significantly and have like this big glitzy relaunch, or it's going to die. And one day. Who knows? Months or years from now, we we'll hear, "Oh, Movie Pass has officially announced that they're dead and not coming back." Yeah, I think that you go either way. I don't know. It seems like that's really a better service for people who again who like the DVD Netflix, like see movies all the time and live in bigger metropolis. Like, yeah, areas. well, AMC has their plan. I read that Regal is planning on launching their yeah. own thing that's similar. So if the, if all the chains do their own thing, I think Cinemark actually has something too, even though it's, from yeah. what I've heard, the value is really poor compared to the AMC one, but it's still a thing. So yeah. if, if every chain moves on to their own model, then that's really going to eradicate the need for, for a third-party service. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I do actually want to go back really, 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 really quickly to the Tracy uh, <laughs> award ceremony. So we finally see his kids, and his kids, I think, will change actors when we actually see them again. But he points out their names are Tracy Jr. and George Foreman. Deb told me this the other day, and I couldn't believe it, so I literally had to look it up. George Foreman has 12 kids, five of them are boys, and they are all named George Edward Foreman. Every single one of them are not. I didn't know this either, and I still didn't believe it until I saw it. And they're George Jr., George the Third, George Fourth, George Fourth, George Fifth, and George Sixth. But they're all George Edward Foreman. And the reason he does this, this is quoting, so they all have something in common. They're related. Isn't that common enough, George? Some celebrities are Scientologists. Some just give all their children, all their children, the same name. Everyone has their quirks, especially celebrities. I, I mean, it's not. I mean, of I wonder what they call. Do they call you like one, two, three, have, like, four, nicknames. five, six? Or, I think yeah. they have like nicknames and stuff. But yeah, I mean, it's just like having a George and a George Junior is already going to be a bit of a, a, a minefield in trying to get one's attention. But having six of them in one house is just. I mean, they're probably all old. They all live separately at this point anyway. But, like, and I know he's had his head battered in from boxing. Maybe he wasn't thinking right when he was naming Maybe he was. He just wanted to do something different. He did do something different. I mean, honestly, on the scale of Strange Celebrity Things, it, like... It, at, at the offset, it does sound strange, but like thinking about it, sure. it's like there are many stranger things that. Yeah, 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 yeah. At least like they weren't like apple and banana. Exactly, and that's carrot. exactly what I was thinking of apple, apple yeah. Paltrow or whatever. At least, but at least like apple, apple is kind of unique. Like it's different, but it's not like I don't know. It could be, it could be a lot worse. Like banana, banana is just a bad. No, that would not. Yes, like that would apple, be. Apple, apple, rutabaga, rutabaga. Yeah, I mean you could call him Rudy, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just call, then just name them Rudy yes. uh, yeah uh, so yeah that uh, that was a fun fact that I learned and I still <laughs> it just it, uh, it could be a lot worse I guess for them but uh, he also you remember he had the George Foreman grill of course yeah he made way more money off of that than he ever did combined fights yeah. I'm not surprised because I feel either, like everyone like, had a George Foreman grill at least, yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, at they, least for a couple. Everyone also has them, but you don't hear about it as much now. But like, it seemed like for a long time, like everyone had. Yeah, because they, I mean, they they were perfect, really, for what they were. They were good for college dorms and college kids and like small like apartments. They were perfect. It was 
They weren't like a gigantic. Uh, anyway, I'm not gonna. I'm not hyping up the George Foreman grill. I don't even know. They still exist, I imagine, but he doesn't need our money and our attention. So, CC, <laughs> back to Thirty Rock. CC confronts Jack about going public. CC, what are you doing here? Jack, I convinced the Shinehart Wig plaintiffs to settle. Oh, that's fantastic news. What did they end up getting? Five million each. Five million each? That's NBA sexual assault money. They deserved more. But the point is, now you and I can go public. We don't have to sneak around anymore. Uh, slow down. Cece, it's not that simple. Well, what do you mean? I'm still up for a big promotion. My colleagues still revile you. Uh, maybe in a year or so we could reassess. Don't you understand what I have given up for you? Those little orange children deserved their day in court. They got five million each. They deserve to be heard, Jack. And I was ready to speak for them. We were going to go on Oprah. Oh, so this is not about those kids. It's about you getting some publicity to get a leg up on your political career. I'm not going to apologize for being ambitious, Jack. Oh, you shouldn't. I like when a woman has ambition. It's like seeing a dog wearing clothes. I was willing to give all that up for you, but you're obviously not willing to do the same. I just need more time. I should never have listened to a woman who tapes her bra together. Lemon. Don't worry, Jack. I will sneak out through the freight elevator like I always do. I won't embarrass you. Everybody looks good in the shine, Hart. So, <laughs> ordinarily, uh, in doing massive air quotes here research for 30 rock episodes i will dip into imdb uh wikipedia uh like reddit posts things like that they they're uh, they're a fun time just sort of like seeing how people interpret it and blah 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 and the 30 rock rakia has been some of the laughably like the most laughably bad bits of trivia in regards to an episode um, Calling it trivia is generous. Yes, and, and that well, well, at least what they call it here, pop culture. But um, for this particular episode, listed as pop culture, Risky Business is a movie starring Tom Cruise that came out in 1983, and Squeezer is a slang term for a hand job. Okay, I didn't know that one, that but it makes is, sense. Yeah, that one. Okay, I'll, I, I don't something. think that's pop culture. That's more no, like right. Urban Dictionary. Uh, Shaquille O'Neal is a famous retired basketball player. Yes, that's just a fact. Shelley Long is an actress from the show Cheers. This really? one is my favorite, the next one. That's the only thing she's known for? Oprah is a talk show hosted by Oprah Winfrey. <gasps> Who would have guessed? Who would have guessed that? And NPR is a public, non-profit radio station. That's what someone took the time to post on this episode. And usually Wikia is fantastic. Like, go to the Simpsons Wikia. Go to, like, Anime Wikia's. People are doing fantastic jobs on these, like, building these little websites and, and filling in all the blanks. This is just, ugh, a disaster. Just bad. Well, maybe if you're a 30 Rock friend from another country who's never heard of Shaquille O'Neal, Shelley Long, Oprah, or NPR, it could be helpful. But I'm you know very generous in my interpretation. A, a squeezer, you got that. No problem. Now, NPR, does that means national public radio, mm -hmm. right? Yep. But it can also be non-profit radio? Oh, I haven't heard like that. Like, the actual acronym is National Public Yeah, that's, that's the only way I've heard it. Okay. I was just thinking about that yesterday. I was like, NPR, that could be a non-profit radio. It could be what it means. But it is generally, their their actual naming is National Public mm -hmm. Radio. Okay. So, yeah, that's... Uh, that happens. And really, that's not even true. Like, NPR is a public non-profit radio station. I'd say it's like a network 
of stations. It's not a radio station. It's a it's like a collective of yeah. You know. I mean, yeah. I mean, it, it is a full grown network at this point. Yeah. It's not just a single station. You know, it's like saying ABC, <laughs> or I don't know, like Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. And again, it's it's. I don't mean I don't want to be mean to the person who wrote that. So it's it's not with uh, malice that I'm joking about that. But it's just like it's with contempt. It's just like come on. I mean, saying Oprah is an is a talk show by Oprah Winfrey. Like that's. I mean, that's. I don't know. It's. Huh, but I mean, no details about the Pacific Rim Emmys and what those are. I no, mean, what? No, God, it didn't even say anything about who Godzilla was. Well, no, I don't know who Godzilla. That's is. true. Someone tell me who Godzilla is. Like, no, that's true. That's like, well, the, I'm pretty sure the Pacific Rim Emmys are not a thing. But oh no, Godzilla. Not a thing. But, but, I mean, yeah, but I mean, right, Godzilla. Godzilla we I mean, got, that totally should be in we're there. We're gonna create Wikia I mean, accounts. So we're gonna add this information. On, the people need to know. <sighs> um, but we finally get to meet Jenna's entourage. And sadly, is the only time that we see this. Nope. They come back. Well, at least Sasha comes back in a later episode. I think next season, so we get to see them again. Um, but for the main entourage, they're pretty much gone after this, which is sad. But this is such a great scene. It's probably the best scene of the the episode. Just Jenna being a total diva and her entourage there to back her up. Um, hi, is Jenna in there? Bitch, are you in here? Mm-hmm. Jenna, why are you not at rehearsal? My entourage says I look tired. I'm Sasha, this is Patrice, and Master Alexei. And your name is probably something like Melissa. Okay, I get it, fine. What do I need to do to make you feel appreciated and get them out of here? Too late, you had your chance. Ooh, Melissa, pick up your face, girl. (laughs) I'm going to get my eyeballs whitened. I'll be back in a couple of hours, if I feel like it. What? No, we have work to do. This is what you get for taking me for granted all this time. Deal with that. Oh, Melissa, your face is on the phone. Soccer practice is over, and you need to pick it up. All right, that's a pretty good burn, Patrice. <laughs> that's, that is that's a, Titus. Like, yeah, that is right. Titus. To that a is T. a great line. Oh, absolutely. I, I need to remember that. I need to use that more often because it's so. Your face is on the phone. It's, it's such a bitchy thing to say. It's so good. Yeah, and I like that she gives them credit. Like, all right, you got me on this one. You earned this. Okay. So, with Jack's Starcross, I don't know what we call it, m- multi political <laughs> across the political divide. Anyway, yeah. so he seeks advice from James Carville, who famously is a Democratic consultant who was married to a woman who was a Republican strategist for a long time. And famously, because obviously they were not only on opposite sides, but also working for those opposite sides, but yet they maintained a happy marriage. Right. I don't know if they still are. But I think that I, the last time I, I checked earlier, they seemingly are still married. Okay. Um, but it could be just no one's updated. Yeah. But I guess it was most prevalent in the 90s because most famously, I guess James Carville worked a lot with the Clinton presidency. So that was when they were in the spotlight for being married and working at different things and yada, yada, yada. Anyway, so Jack seeks advice from him on how to approach his relationship with Cece. How do you and Mary Madeline make it work? I mean, she's a brilliant, patriotic Republican strategist and you, uh, let's face it, are a pinko nutjob. You know, Mary and I have proved that true love can weather any storm, even desert storm. But if it's the opinion of your peers that you're worried about, you need to get out in front of this story, Cajun style. Break the news on your own terms before your enemies find out, Cajun style. 
dating a Democratic congresswoman. These guys will destroy me for this. Jack, is it really the opinion of others that you're worried about, or are you learning something new about yourself and you find that a little scary? Cajun style. Traditionally, James Carville helped solve the twofer and Frank storyline, but we don't care about that because we don't care about the story. Although it does end in a hilarious scene where James Carville teaches someone how to rob a vending machine. <laughs> yeah, Cajun style. Cajun style, yes. Yeah, he just runs that in the ground so quick. Um, but the Tracy and Jenna problem has uh, come to a head, and Jenna and, or I'm sorry, Liz has had enough. I'm gonna take a nap. Wake me up if Andy Dip calls. Is this fun for you, being difficult? Oh, it is. I should have been doing it the whole time. You have been, Jenna. You have always been difficult. You think Tracy gets special treatment? I don't think. I know. Uh-huh. Well, I coddle the crap out of you, too. Your online fan club? That's me. I made Frank set that up as a punishment after he farted in my chair. And when you did that morning radio show the other week, every caller was me. I am loving all of your characters. Thanks for calling, Sanjay. I really believe in karma. And this award you just got? It's a cookie. Ooh, crunch. I don't want to do this stuff, but I have to because you're so insecure you get jealous of babies for their soft skin. And how much attention they get. <laughs> I have watched <laughs> my life taking care of you. I lie awake at night wondering what fresh hell tomorrow will bring. I don't sleep, I don't eat right, thanks to you and Tracy Jordan, mostly you. Oh, Liz, that's all I wanted to hear. I'll be on stage in 10, and I'll wait till tomorrow to talk about you firing Melon Ball Lady. All right. Not in front of the gays. Gays don't like PDA any more than anyone else. So Frank and Tuber decide they can change the tide of their boring, nonsensical battle by just ripping on someone else. And it works because Josh, with his terrible haircut that his mom did for him, Man. gets ridiculed by the entire writing staff. But I do like this scene because it seems like Liz has been completely oblivious to the writer's team. But it's just like in there, like, I don't know, it just seems like two different personalities when she's dealing with like Jack and Liz and, uh, or Jack and Jenna and Tracy. And then when she's dealing with the writer's team, she just seems like two different people, but she's, it's flowing. So it's like she gets along with them. Like she, they catch her up on everything. So she's never like left out of the loop kind of stuff. It's fun. Um, but Jack and Cece finally disclose their relationship. They have a big coming out party at the, uh, mm -hmm. the network cafeteria. Yes. Yes. In front of all the white people. And the surprisingly one black, or at least one black person who has to out himself. Jack, this is your executive dining room. Are you trying to get me killed? Cece, these people are my peers, my heroes, my past and future secret Santas. Uh, their approval is the most important thing in the world to me, or so I thought. Gentlemen. Token ladies, I have an important announcement. Some of you may or may not recognize the woman standing beside me. Her name is Celeste Cunningham, and she is a Democratic congresswoman from the state of Vermont. She is my lover. That's right. She's my liberal, hippy-dippy mama. My groovy chick, my old lady. She was our chief adversary during the Scheinhardt wig hearings. She wants to tax us all to death and make it legal for a man to marry his own dog. 
And I think what we have is special. And I'm proud of her. And I'm not going to hide it any longer. I'm Jack Donaghy, damn it. And this is my woman. I gave to NPR last year. My children go to public school. I'm gay. I'm black. Jack, thank you so much. And I just want you to know that in 1984, I voted for Ronald Reagan. murdered my wife. <laughs> I like I how that, it quick, like, yeah, quickly ends on that. Like, there's a limit. There's a limit to, to what we actually Some things that... For. Well, some things you shouldn't do in the first place, but also if you do you them, should, you probably shouldn't confess like that. You should admit like to them, but not in, not in a public scenario, no. So, that's uh, Secrets and Lies. <sighs> yeah. Just... I, I think better than the last couple episodes, David... Thinks it's it's not as good as the last. It was okay. Episodes. I like yeah. I I like the yes the uh, the entourage scene and then the scene at the end with the, everyone doing their confessions. But yeah. other than that, it just kind of felt like a fillery episode. To yeah. me. I really like Tracy and Jenna acting the, the way they are in this episode because that is really what they will become known for uh, as the series progresses. So it's nice to sort of see the seedlings of that uh, starting. Um, but yeah, outside of the Jack and Cece storyline continuing. It's just a lot of the jokes sort of fall flat or just, I don't know, just, I don't know, just not great. Just not that great of an episode, but still enjoyable. Uh, even rewatching it for the sixth time, however many times it's been for me, uh, there's still jokes in here. And the, like you said, the entourage scene is probably the best scene of this episode because it's just so sassy and bitchy and and mean-spirited, but it's just so funny. And seeing, seeing that Titus is in is in that character uh, from this early on is so good and it really just it hurts that it's not the same actor playing him but uh, he was doing theater work at the time so maybe he just wasn't available but as far as I can tell that guy doesn't do anything ever again like his IMDP high MDP page is this and that's it he's got Ooh. no other credits so he, he could be uh, maybe just a friend that was just on set or something or maybe like a real life friend of, of uh Jane Krakowski or something. I don't know, but uh, it's, it doesn't matter. Um, yeah. Uh, any other thoughts? Or? Well, I do want to say really quickly okay. because this episode talked about the Pacific Rim Emmys and the as the day we're recording this, the Emmy nominations were oh, announced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And by some minor miracle, Schitt's Creek, Fleabag, and Pose all got a crap ton of nominations. <gasps> oh my goodness. I and think this said, is the closest um, to my personal taste the Emmys have ever been. And you said that, um, sorry, uh, you said that Glow did not get any nominations? It got a, it only got one acting nomination for okay. Betty Gilpin and then some of the technical ones. But like last year it got series and a bunch of other like big nominations and it basically went down to nothing. Russian Doll got a bunch of acting and writing and series and stuff nominations. So basically Netflix just switched their uh, campaign from Glow to Russian Doll. Also, Kimmy Schmidt. The, so Netflix's whole thing of breaking up Arrested Development and Kimmy Schmidt into two half seasons totally didn't do anything because Arrested Development got nothing, and especially Kimmy Schmidt because that still got a bunch of series and act nominations last year got Buckkiss too. So, Thanks. but I mean, but now, but again, Netflix game playing because they had Russian Doll, um, Bodyguard, um, 
and a couple other Bojack. Bojack finally got into animated, yeah. But I guess in the in the top series, there was an, there was I can't remember something else. But anyway, not, nothing that's easy to cry about. Just changing a bit. It, it, it seemed like a big change here. Like in the drama category, there's a lot of changeover because because of the Game of Thrones buzzsaw. A lot of big series like Stranger Things and The Crown and Westworld and uh, Handmaid's Tale all delayed their seasons till next year so they wouldn't run into it but so everyone knew there was going to be a lot of change over there but in comedy too a lot of shows that were nominated last year got knocked out in favor of new shows like Shit's Creek and Good Place and Russian Doll obviously um and there was something else here that I can't remember now but oh Fleabag right Fleabag of course yeah so I mean, the lead actress race is crazy because you have Julia Louis-Dreyfus in the last season of V, mm-hmm. Catherine O'Hara in an iconic role in Schitt's Creek, Phoebe Waller-Bridge in Fleabag, who is amazing, like Natasha Lyonne, who is great in Russian Doll, Rachel Brosnahan is Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, who, like, is fantastic, but it's like she, like, literally gives, like, the, you know, the I, the fifth best performance in that category, and she's still great. And then, like, Christina Applegate for Dead to Me, which is an underrated series. Like, I kind of, I'm halfway through it. I kind of think Linda Cardellini is better than her in it, but, you know. Anyway. Anyway. Emmys. When is that? Next year? Uh, I think year. I think they usually do the award in September, like right before the quote unquote. Well, oh, right before the season starts, but as that's blurred, it's become less. But it's really like it's still like right before the net, all the network shows mm. come back or start. So I can barely wait. <laughs> I just think it's fun to follow. I mean, some people get I, what I always find hilarious is that like some, especially like critics who like big name critics who should know better, seem to take it as a personal front if every single nomination doesn't match their exact personal taste. For me, I was like, oh, if a couple shows I really like, and I'm like, oh, that's great. This year, it's like crazy because it's like a lot of shows that I watch are really like all got a bunch of nominations. But even so, I mean, I expect that you know, obviously, Game of Thrones will win all the drama awards, and you know, who knows? Oh, Barry, Barry got a ton of stuff too. So I mean, I like Barry, but like compared to Fleabag yeah, and Shit's Creek and V, well, no, 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 no. But Barry's on the comedy side, not drama. But yeah. anyway. The, the 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 point is it's just fun to follow and not take if you don't take it too seriously. Yeah. Some people take it way too seriously. Some people who say they don't take I don't follow the Emmys because something like that unless you take it the most seriously by being like because it doesn't because it's not all the shows I like the most. Like these shows are stupid. Yeah. I mean I I'm definitely on the, on the side of like it doesn't matter, but I'm not gonna discourage someone from being excited. Like every time the Oscars come around, everyone's like, oh I'm gonna get my Oscar picks and I'm gonna be but some people just get really upset about it that it's just like. It's, I mean, it doesn't really mean anything. Yes. It can mean something for the actor or the director or whomever wins because they can use that as clout for future projects and, and, and more money or whatever. But for you as an audience member or as a viewer, it literally means nothing. And the award ultimately means nothing other than just some sort of vindication, I guess. I don't know. It just seems like people take it way too seriously and just it's like it's just an award show. It's It's... It has its prestige because it's been around for however many years, but it doesn't really mean anything because it's still only voted on by a handful of people that decide this. And I was also listening to a podcast and like, for at least for the Oscars, it might be different for Emmys, but to just even get nominated or to even potentially start to get nominated, you have to like attend certain parties and like pay the right people to like like some amount of money to even be considered. And it's just like, 
That's gross. Well, I think you have to, I think... Like, you basically have to, like, shake the right hands and know right. the right people. Well, I don't think you like, pay people. I, I mean, you may have to pay some of your nomination, but... Well, yeah, I mean, the award circuit is known for going to a bunch of parties and meeting a lot of people and yeah. yada. Although, famously, like, people, think, people have also sort of not campaigned anything. Like, Monique very famously won an Oscar after, like... Precious. Yeah, for Precious. Like, after very famously, like, not... She literally went to no events, did nothing at all whatsoever, which... Uh, actually sort of became its own thing because like she because she did nothing it kind of like became like an anti-campaign campaign yeah. but I mean well I mean, that mean, hand, I mean that was like a kind of but a couldn't someone role, on her but. team have done that no I'm no fa- no I mean famously she did not yeah. do any press and do any events I mean that's other be- than going to the Oscars and picking up you know her award when she won it yeah. that's the only actual but couldn't the studio have done that for her like nominated her and, well I mean put in the work she, probably to- the studio held events where they like kept up the the conversation for her yeah. but I mean a lot of it from what I hear is I think you know, well, like like the year Leonardo DiCaprio finally won his thing like it, apparently it was noted that he really went in on the game that season like went to all these events and talked to all these people and did all the charming whatever stuff mm-hmm. that like because he was like I mean the narrative that year was he it was his time and there weren't any like big performances he was up against that would have it may not have mattered but it was just known that it was like it was it felt like it was his time he decided that he was going to go for it and you know i don't know i don't think the revenant was the one that should have won it for him personally. yeah but that was kind of a I, I can't remember all the movies that were that year but like i just remember thinking like in that year like it was it just obvious he was going to win because there wasn't like any i don't know there, there weren't like any big movies that was the year of like what like the big short maybe in spotlight so there weren't like any there weren't any big acting performances he was really up against like so it was just you know combination of time and whatever anyway but yeah but no I mean right yes all these awards things have more I mean we we talked about Netflix how all their nominations flip from Glow to Russian Doll because that's apparently Netflix goes a lot every year and does these huge for your consideration like they basically build like a museum or something and have people come by and they have exhibits for their shows and I mean that's why they're so good that's why they're, they get so many nominations because yeah. they you know does Hulu do the same thing and Amazon um Amazon definitely Hulu I guess not because Handmaid's Tale like this year Handmaid's Tale wasn't well. There's some polls. For the most part, Handmaid's Tale wasn't eligible, so they didn't get as many nominations as last year. And really, they didn't have a, like the acts. Their miniseries got a couple, and Pen Fifteen randomly got like a Best Comedy Writing nomination, which that I mean that wasn't a campaign thing. That was just like uh, basically the writers, you know, like that show. But Amazon, yes, famously like especially Mrs. Maisel. But I guess they must have for Fleabag too, because Fleabag literally got zero nominations in its first season. And got like eleven, and like basically almost every actor on the show got nominated. Jesus so Christ. I assume, I mean, it, it was also the one of the best shows, maybe the best show to air in the last year. But I can't imagine it would have gotten the, all those nominations if Amazon didn't put some muscle behind it too. So anyway, that was long and meandering, but yeah, but <laughs> we don't have much <laughs> else to say about the episode. Yeah, so. That's true. <laughs> that's good. Um, all right. Uh, I feel like there was something else that's going to come to me once we stop recording. Uh, but in the meantime, we will leave you with episode Secrets and Lies. Uh, as always, thank you for listening. Uh, if you like what we're doing, you can support us by reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. Uh, rates and reviews and all that stuff really do help us out. We got a, a, lot, uh, a couple other nice uh, people on Reddit. Uh, one person said they discovered us actually today and said, I can't wait. I just finished 30 Rock. I can't wait to go back through listening week in and week out along with the podcast. And we like that we play the clips alongside. So it really helps paint a picture. So that was very nice. And another person 
a shorter post was just like, I'm glad you guys are doing this. Thank you. So uh, a lot of really kind words. So we do appreciate that. Uh, they do not go unnoticed. We, we appreciate all the comments and, and fun things. Uh, and if you like what we're doing, donate to our coffee, ko-fi.com backslash go to there. So thanks again. And we will see you next time for season two, episode nine, episode 30 of 30 Rock Ludacrismas. Remember, kids, you can't have a lemon party without old Dick. David, take us out. See you next time. is on the phone soccer practice is over and you need to pick it up <laughs> oh, that's a pretty good burn patrice <laughs>